Well, hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. The tournament golf that we talk about here at the My Love of Golf podcast season is heating up. All the tours are in full swing. Well, they will be by the end of this week, full swing. We've got a special guest joining us all the way from way, way deep overseas uh, working at this week's Asian Tour event. Um, let's bring Mike in and then we'll introduce our special guest. Thanks for joining us again on the My Love of Golf podcast. Thanks for your support. Really do appreciate you joining us along for the journey. Thanks very much. Magic Mike, welcome back to this week's episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. As always, thanks for uh, making the conscious decision to return. I'm sure you question yourself every week, what have I got myself into? But uh, this podcast is growing and it's growing with you on board uh, because the people love your tips. And uh, I don't know where we should start this week. I've got a list. Uh, you've, got, you, you've provided a laundry list very long to, to talk about. Um, people appreciate your tips. I hope people appreciated my tips last week when I tipped Jason Day. I'm on board. He didn't win. I didn't get the winner, but I, I, I'm on board with Jason Day. I'm happy about that. I did tip Rory McIlroy, but that doesn't really count because it's not part of our tip stuff. Uh, Mike, how are you? I'm good, mate. How are you? Well, I'm, I'm pretty good because I picked Jason Day and I got some money in the bank and I'm off the mark in tips after a couple of <laughs> after a couple of dot balls. I'm somewhere up there. I've moved from 70th, uh, which was not quite last, but it was pretty much stone motherless. And uh, I've moved up the rankings. Um, Jason Day, you, have. Uh, you, have. you, you did say that Jason Day should perform well at Torrey Pines, and yeah, he faltered a little bit at the end, but he, he maintained you know that very front end of the field and got some money in the bank. Hmm. Um, but uh, so I'm great. I'm great. Um, got a big week in golf ahead for me. No golf since we last played at the uh, last pro am. We've got a pro am coming up where you will make your pro am. Uh, it's not your pro am debut, but it's certainly your my love of golf team pro am debut yes. next week. We'll talk about that. Uh, I've got the Callaway Paradigm launch. Um, shift event. Um, I'll give you one guess where Callaway have chosen to hold their Paradigm Launch Shift event this week. Uh, Mike, I'll give you one guess. I would have said that golf course right next to the head office, but I'm assuming that's not there anymore. Definitely not there anymore. So I'll give, you, uh, I'll give you a proper guess because you knew the answer to that. Oh, uh, is it Peninsula King? Oh, funnily enough, yeah. I'm glad you asked. Thanks very much. How, yes, how are they getting everyone down there? Like, do they have to put them up on a hotel as they make the trek down? Or uh, maybe they're forecasting that this paradigm driver is going to be that successful. They're choppering everyone in. Uh, yeah. But there's going to be, I believe, I don't know the exact guest list uh, other than myself. Um, because I look out for myself. Uh, there's going to be a few celebs there and that sort of people. So I'm going down and it's going to be fun seeing uh, this new paradigm uh, driver take off. I've hit it. It is exciting. All the stuff that you've heard, it is long. Um, so I can't wait to show it to you, Mike, because I might have. it might be a Callaway that might give me a chance of outdriving you because last time we played together, you outdrove me with your Callaway. Um, so yeah, so that's happening. Um, playing golf tomorrow with um, Playing golf tomorrow with two chaps from Sleepy Hollow. You know the uh, the rain, of course, in, over there in the US. In, yeah, in the US with the square yep. the square green with the bunker all the way around it from mm. the from the pro shop staff at Sleepy Hollow. So that's going to be interesting. Thirty six mm. holes. Uh, I'm not sure how the uh, chafing's going to hold up, Mike. I'm sure that's a bit TMI. I a bit TMI. Not, I don't think it'll be hot that. Is it hot tomorrow? I think it'll be okay. Oh, it doesn't mean to be hot for anyway. Um, that enough of the undercarriage talk. Uh, what about you? You had a game of golf last week. Uh, I had two games of golf last week, but. Um, Nice. The main golf I just had a hit with the brother-in-law, which was really good. I went out and played a, a golf course I hadn't played in a while at, at Werribee Park, right near the Werribee Mansion, mm -hmm. um, not far from uh, where the in-laws are, and 
yeah, it was good. It was was busy, but flowed really well. Um, full groups, everyone was having a bit of fun. It was good. A good Australia Day golf. Now, we've got a bit to get through, so enough of the chit-chat. Uh, we've got a special guest joining us all the way from Saudi Arabia. And uh, he is there. To, I'm pretty sure he's been shipped over there to keep an eye on Patrick Reid. Uh, Blakey, thanks for joining us. How are you? Uh, good, Roscoe. And uh, hello, Mike. Thank you for having me on the My Love of Golf podcast. Uh, I'm tired. I just got in at 4 a.m., so just trying to battle the old jet lag. Now, just I'm sure everyone who is a regular uh, participant in the My Love Golf Network knows Blakey very well. He is the uh, resident golf rules guru, formerly working for the Peak Body in Australia, but now out there on his own, just uh, making his way in the world of golf rules. He's got the Golf Rules Questions YouTube channel, very successful, many thousands of subscribers there. If you want some good, good entertainment, go to there, Golf Rules Questions Instagram. And uh, and now he's basically plying his trade on the Asian tour and uh, you know, with a few extra toes in the water for Live Golf. So he's very active in the rule space and the Live Golf space in our Discord channel, which you can join and you will get direct access to Blakey. So if you want to talk to a referee who was out there, I hope you've got a better set of binoculars than that bloke had last week, Blakey. That's all. I'm going to start that. Is your, have you got a decent set of binoculars out there for this week? Uh, well, first of all, I wouldn't bring a set of binoculars um, because then it's then there's sort of you know there's the chance that you have to agree with the person that that is their ball. So I'd just say uh, no, nah, doesn't. <laughs> it's it's so stuffed up. Like it's so stuffed up. We'll, I come, mean, we'll come back. He's we'll hundred percent sure. We'll come but. back and we'll come back and talk about this. Um, you're over there in Saudi uh, this week. Uh, are you looking forward to getting? Are you looking forward to being back on tour? Is it is it generally exciting for you now that you are pretty much committed tour referee? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm so excited. I'm really loving it. I got three weeks in a row, so that will be brutal. But uh, yeah, no, really. Really looking forward to it. Last time I was at a tour event was November, um, so I've had a couple of months off. Um, but, yeah, just being back here, it's 28 degrees. It's a bit windy today, but hopefully the wind dies down come Thursday. Um, but, yeah, you just, you know, just thinking about how the tournament runs um, and just watching good golf and, then I just have to get the stopwatch out and make sure they play within the sunlight. Now, um, being our now endorsed tour referee owned by the podcast, the My Love of Golf podcast, um, what is your schedule looking like for this year? Uh, schedule this year is about 15 tournaments. So the 10 international series tournaments, which I don't even know when they are, but it's looking like um, I've got three in a row. Then I got Thailand in March, uh, Vietnam in April. So there's five, and then I think the next five will be around August, September, October, November. Um, and they had the Indonesian Masters in December last year, so that might even be my last one. So there'll be five. So it'll be kind of spaced out there. And then the Live Golf ones, um, I've got two in April with back-to-back Australia and Singapore, two in um, end of June, July with Spain and England, and then the last one will be in November 
Um, that'll be back here actually in Jeddah. So I'll I'll be in Jeddah twice this year. Uh, well, well done because you know over the last few years that we've been working together, and certainly on your own podcast, the Golf Rules Questions podcast, which you can listen to uh, very regularly. I know how hard you work towards establishing yourself on a tour. It was a dream of yours and you're very passionate about that. And yeah, you've had to go around about it in a few sort of roundabout ways, maybe a way that when we first started talking about it, you didn't expect would happen, but you know, you're out there now and it's, it's amazing how many doors have opened up for you and how many, you know, knocks on the door you have had, um, since putting yourself out there on, uh, the big, the big stage. And, um, we'll come back to talking about the events of last week. Of course, you weren't at the DP World Tour event last week with when we started to talk about the Patrick Reed incident. We'll get to that. Um, Mike, back to you. What should we start off with? What do you want to do? You want to just roll straight into our brief roundup of Tory Pines and and looking at the uh, tips to results? Did I mention that Jason Day's got me back on the board? I think I'm ready. Yes, uh, Tory Pines was a probably finished off a probably a better event than it looked like it was going to be at the half. Uh, Sam Ryder was leading for a long way, and anyone who listened to last week's episode, they'll know that that was my mum's pick the week before in the Teepster competition, and my mum doesn't know anything about golf, so I don't know where that came from. Did you, pick, she was, did you pick him on his pants? Did you know it? She didn't. What, she's never seen him. There's absolutely no way she's ever seen what he looked I don't know where she got the name from. I was baffled, and I was even more baffled when this week she had Hideki Matsuyama, and he looked like he was in a win for a bit there, and I was very confused. Um, but Sam Ryder led for a long way, and I think that, it was probably one of those events where the people that were watching were a little bit concerned, um, but then the people that were chasing, you know, Homer, Morikawa, uh, Sung Im, Jason Day, John Rahm were all right behind him. And I think it was probably a uh, – it was, it was going to happen sooner or later that he was going to fall backwards and um, someone else was going to pip him. And I think everybody thought it was going to be John Rahm, so come the final round. Um, and he didn't. He John Rahm had a poor final round, shot two over. And Max Homer was a man, uh, Rockets boy, Max Homer, uh, six under. So six under was the winner comfortably in the end. He he um, went for the green in two on 18 with the water clearance little pond in front of the green. And Was that the, seven, um, the yeah, cut seven wood? The, was that the cut seven wood? Uh, it could have been, yeah. Yeah, it was just a little one. I know we talked about it on the No Laying Up pod this week. I can't remember what club it was, but yeah, he was pretty comfortable with it. Um, I didn't think he'd be going for it. I didn't think he needed to go for the green in two, but. He was quite comfortable, so good luck to him. Uh, if you want to learn more about Max Homer, if you haven't jumped on the Max Homer train yet, that we've been you know, in first class of uh, since the last few years, especially thanks to Rocket. Um, if you want to know more about Max Homer and what professional golfers you know, should aspire to be and in terms of entertainment and providing and understanding their role in the world of professional golf, especially on the PGA Tour, listen to the last two episodes of the Note Laying Up podcast. So I don't listen to it every week, but uh, they had Max Omer on before Torrey Pines, and then they had him on as he always comes on after he gets a win. And uh, it really is um, it's a good listen, especially if you want to know more about Max Homer or if you are a Max Homer fan and you want to, you've probably already listened to it, but uh, it is, it is really good stuff. And, and um, it gives a good insight into what they're up to. It's especially inside the, uh, what do they call it? The pod, the pack, the pack. Oh, uh, in the, yeah. Yeah. The yeah, like players the, advisor, yeah, the players, players yeah, advisory it. council. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's really good stuff. So well done to those guys. Um, we, Mike is a very big fan of uh, the No Laying Up podcast and I'm a growing fan of the No Laying Up podcast. Uh, one thing that I want to point out is Keegan Bradley. Like, where were yep. you the week before, Keegan? <laughs> where yeah, where yeah, were you? That. 
he has a habit of that, does Keegan. He, he floats in and out a little bit. Um, yeah, he didn't. He, he would have helped you the week before because I don't think anybody else had him last week. No. Um, yeah. But everyone had Max Homer this week. We had a lot of people that picked the winner. So, Boyley, Headrock 3, Hyphy, the Tour Junkie, uh, the Golfing Tattooist, Roe Adams and Joe Ptolemyo, who was a big, uh, who did very well last year, did Joe. And they all picked the winner in Max Homer. Um, so that was, you know, good good to them. Um, for the top five currently, are you in this, Blakey? Are you in this tipping competition? Uh, yes, I am in it, and I am mm. 0 from 3 cuts made. <laughs> Excellent. Right, well, Blakey's last of the four of us, or five including Doc. So the top five, uh, Trent P uh, stays on top. I think Trent was leading last week. The Tour Junkie is second. Tish, who had the winner last week, is in third. Lee, 1149, fourth. And the Golfing Tattooers has jumped up into fifth spot. Uh, for the rest of us, we've got, I'm in 26th position, not exactly doing that well. Rocket right behind me at 27. Uh, and then Mlog Roscoe, 37th. Uh, then I think the marketing doc is a fair way down this year. He's starting softly, uh, 75th. And Golf Rules questions, where are you going to be? Are you really on zero? What name are you on? Uh, yeah. yeah. I've picked the three losers. Three losers. So there you go. So that's that's where, where we all sit. It is early, so plenty of time to catch up. It is, there is plenty of time to catch up. And, you know, you can see the banter that goes on between us. But in the Discord channel, you know, the growing Discord channel, there's, there's always banter between um, most of the people that are part of the Discord play on the Teepstar. That's where Mike discloses his uh, highly sought-after data lake, the, the tipping, the computated and tabulated uh, tipping system that Mike has spent many years with an Excel spreadsheet working out. And uh, so people get first access to that. If you want access to that, you, you need to jump in. Um, so it is fun, and it's not too late, as um, Blakey's going to prove he's, he's got no dollars in the bank in Teepstar, but uh, he could still be pushing for the uh, chocolates to come the end of the year. It just takes a couple of wins and a couple of right selections to um, to bring you right back. A la Jason Day, you can hear me. I'm up and about. I'm on, back on the board after not very uh, great performances after the first three rounds. So I'm back. Uh, Colin Morikawa, a lot of people want to bring Colin down a little bit when he doesn't doesn't close things out. But, um, yeah, he's been pretty solid for the start of the year. He's probably going to win something, if not a couple of things this year. Uh, you would think Sahith Thagala, we've been talking about Sahith Thagala. I sat across from Sahith, I probably said this at, at the Open last year, I watched him practice on the range. Uh, he'll win again this year, I'm sure of it. Would love to talk to Sahith Thagala. Sahith, if you're listening, probably not. Um, jump on with us. You could take Blakey's position next week. Big big boost to Phil, I know. Um <laughs> Anything else about the you know, anything else catch catch your eye at uh, Tory Pines? A lot of people were very happy with Tory Pines. You know, it often gets talked about as people's not favourite place. But Mike, you're the expert, as you said last week. You've played there. Um, yeah, look, uh, look, it's, it's scenery. It's a it, it's a scenic golf course. It's a long, brutal golf course. It's probably more. Oh, the honest answer is, it's probably a better major golf course than it is a, a tour stop every year. Um, the US Open there, I thought was pretty good with the Ram win two years ago. Um, but look, it, I, I don't have an issue with it. I think there's much there's worse courses that are played every year. Um, certainly enjoy this tournament more than I do the the one that we played at the um, PJ West a couple of weeks back. Um, but yeah, no, it was look, it was a good good sort of tournament. Sort of getting it's starting to rev up a little bit. Pebble this week's going to be 
again, probably more of a scenic course than um, anything else. The field is very ordinary. Um, and then, yeah, we start to getting into Riviera. Oh, before that's Phoenix. So, yeah, it's going to be a busy, busy couple of weeks. Well, a big reason the field's very over because pretty much most, a lot of people, you know, uh, either take, what are they doing? Taking a week off or they're... Yeah, most take the week off. I mean, realistically, the, a lot of the guys that won played, obviously, um, Century Tournament champions early in Jan. Um, they probably hung around, well, you know, guys like Jordan Spieth hung around and played one more week in, in Hawaii. The guys that didn't probably came back and played one of, you know, either this week, um, just gone at the Farmers or the week before at the Amex or they mix it up a little bit. Um, then this week they might take a week off because they know next week's Phoenix. So Phoenix next week is the first elevated event. So that's the first um, $20 million purse they play for this year. So the odds of them playing three, four weeks in a row is not happening. Yep. And it works out well for Blakey's boss because they get to slot, you know, the um, the live events that sort of sit on the weeks when it's going to be a bit of a quieter week. So they get a bit more airtime. Um, so they've got the Saudi this week. And then, yeah, there's still some guys that are playing in Europe. So that, that, are, that are probably just kicking off their season there. Guys like, you know, last week we had, um, you know, Rory playing and Herbie's over there and, yeah. Uh, Rory, what a winner. Um, so before we go to Rory and talking about his win and some of the uh, the T-Gate controversy that surrounded last week, that, that was fodder for the Twitterati for uh, hours and hours upon end and the, the whole news world lit up with uh, Patrick Reed throwing a T. So uh, Pebble Beach this week, is that the AT&T? That's the Pro-Am? Pebble Beach Pro-Am, yep. yep. Uh, spread over the three courses. Yep. So, yeah. Everyone plays Pebble once on the first three days and then they play the two other. I think it's Monterey and I can't remember what third course is off the top of my head. And then, yeah, the final rounds play the Pebble. But it's still a Teamster event, so you still got to do a pick, don't you? You do have to do a pick. Um, even though no laying up um, host Solly is playing, he's not playing in the uh, pro event, he's playing in the AM event, so you can't pick him. <laughs> but you will need to make a pick. Uh, there'd, be a, there'd be a charge for pick Solly if he was if he had anything to do with it um he would love to see people on his uh card of tips uh but no not going to happen who's going to cat who's catting for Solly will he get one of the other lads to caddy for him or do you think he'll get one yeah of the... good question don't know don't know okay oh you would think he'd bring somebody along with him um we might yeah. have to, we might have to get big uh Big Gordy on next week. He's one of the caddies at Pebble Beach uh, from the uh, Real Life Caddy Podcast. Um, if he's not, um, if he, um, he usually is caddying for someone, either a uh, high faluting uh, am or he'll pick up the bag of a lesser known pro. So we might, uh, I might reach out. What's to his, What's his name? Uh, Gordon. 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 Big Gordon. Big, big G. Uh, yeah, you can just call him Big G. Big Gordon. Uh, Real Life Real Life Caddy Podcast, episode 47 or something like that. Gordon came on and told us his caddy stories. He got sacked by David Coulthard. Um, uh, Col uh, Coulthard, sorry. The, you know, Coulthard, the Scottish bloody former yeah. golf pro. He got sacked yeah, by yeah, him. And he also caddied for Terry Pilkadaris. He tells a very funny ter Terry Pilkadaris story. Um, you have to listen to that episode if you want to hear it. Um, okay, so... Pebble Beach, get your tips in. Have you got any form guides there for us, Mike, to run through, even in that um, field? It's going to be a lottery week again. It's not a – the field is light. The biggest names playing are, you know, Victor Hovland, Matty Fitzpatrick, um, Seamus Power, Jordan Spieth. 
But, I mean, when you're looking at a guy like Maverick McNeely in the top five favourites, it's a pretty lean field. So I think a lot of people will be, will be picking one of Spieth, Hovland or Fitzpatrick. Um, for anyone that's following my mum's picks, she's picked Kurt Kitayama. I don't know how she's picked Kurt Kitayama. And even more surprising when I did my numbers, Kurt comes up eighth <laughs> of 140 players. So he's it's, right at the top of the data. The so it is in the jeans. It's yeah. like in the jeans. You didn't pick, you didn't pick <laughs> it up from the wind. Uh, Mrs. Uh, Magic Mike's mum. Uh, that that is her tipster name, so um, tipster name. So that's why she, that's why she's known. Uh, no, I think well I think a lot of people will pick one of those three. The sharps out there that that probably have a bit of a bet or watch it a bit more closely. I'm watching them. They'll all be picking someone like Joel Damon. Um, I'll probably be swimming somewhere around uh, Nick Taylor, Hoagie, Kuchar, Eric Van Royen. Somewhere around there, they're the guys that I think I probably I probably lean to someone like EVR. Not sure yet. Have, haven't finished the double. I'm always a massive one for an omen pick. So based on Sam um, Ryder with the pants going into Eric Van Rooyen, also a pants man, um, I might have to stick with the uh, cuffed, short ankle showing, ankle revealing Phil Mickelson style pants. Yeah, Phil doesn't like those. Pants. No, he doesn't like those pants. No. Uh, good to see Phil back on Twitter. Um, Okay, well, there it is. That's Pebble Beach. We'll, we'll talk more about that next week. What do you want to talk about next? Just wrap up DP World Tour. That's probably going to be a bit of a, a longer, drawn-out discussion, <sighs> which Blakey can chime in with, yeah. with um, Reed Gate. He's, I, I don't like saying the five-letter word that rhymes with charred meat, but he is definitely that. Yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll, come, we'll, we'll get to the expert it, in a second. <laughs> it, it was a... It was a week of false start. They didn't get to play day one because it torrential rain and washed out a few bunkers. And so they were already a day delayed. And um, yeah, T-Gate happened. So um, for uh, everyone who knows anything about golf and knows what happened. So, um, But basically, uh, Patrick Reed went over to shake Rory's hand for the new year uh, on warming up one morning and Rory gave him donuts and um, Patrick walked away and threw a tea on the ground and discussed a four aces tea and that was kind of it. And I don't know how the story got out and I don't know how anyone even had footage of that happening, but it was all available for everyone to view. So it all um, blew up a bit and then it came out post the press conference that Rory had been um, served legal papers on Christmas Eve and wasn't too happy with Patrick and wasn't giving him much for it. So well, that was that was the start of their week. I... It's the end of January, so it's too late to be wishing someone a happy new year. And and B, he, he hates you. So and you know yeah. yeah, both of those things you know. Um the the lowest lowest possible common denominator of um yeah, let's just leave Rory alone. But no, he had to go and grandstand himself and go over there like a big knob and um, you know, create a scene to 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 for whatever purpose, who knows? But like what an absolute flog. Like and to Flick a tea to, and then to flick a tea back to him and, you know, say if you want to behave like a child, you know, I'll treat you like a child. It's just uh, yeah. so ungolf like It's just so unsportsmanlike, so ungentlemanly, and it's just a really bad look for him. It wasn't a great look for, you know, it's, no. it's created something to talk about, but not a, not a, nice, not a nice person. No. So that, that was the start of the week. And then they both played their round one. They weren't paired together. And I think they both shot six under. And everyone saw the scoreboard and saw them next to each other and went, you beauty, they're, now they're going to have to play together. Um, but there's still another a round to play. 
And then in the third round, it all sort of hit the papers again with um, Patrick's. He now, Blake, he didn't get a free drop, did he? Out of the tree, his tee on tee shot on seventeen. Driver went into the tree, and you can tell us what happened from there. Being the official, not not the official that was there. I wish he was. I wish he were. Uh, yeah. So his drive went into the first tree, and for some reason, they you know if that was the PGA Tour, they would have picked that up on the camera. They would have told the official, and uh, you know it would have been a lot easier, a lot simpler, but. On the European tour, the footage didn't get back to the referee, so they just had to make the call on the spot. Patrick's telling the referee that his ball was definitely up the second tree. You can see it, 100% certain. It's got an arrow or something. And then the referee gets out the binoculars. Um, Is that common? Has a look up the tree. Is that common for them to have binoculars? I know I've seen it before, but is that normal? Uh, yeah, it, I like, I didn't bring mine this time, but, uh, usually it's a range finder. Oh yeah. That makes sense. Um, cause you need the range finder for distance measurements on the par threes and stuff like that. Um, so just, yeah, just spotting pins. Um, so that's usually what it is. They're not high powered binoculars that you'd find in the military or something. Yeah. Um, it's just a pair. It's just a pair. Of, it's just a Bushnell um, rangefinder. Shout out to Paul McLean. So uh, you know, whatever, whatever it was, Bushnell's yep. the best. Right, the, 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 the power of you know binoculars that you would take to the golf to watch you know from the stands in the corporate box so you could see you know what's happening. Then they're, they're not high powered vision, you know, intensifying superpower things like the Bushnell rangefinders are. They are got all the powers. You know, they can tell you compensated distance at altitude with temperature, with barometric pressure and blah, blah, blah. Um, but these things are just they're just handy little binoculars. There is no way, Blakey, that you can put those things up a palm tree like that and identify a ball with anything more than 95% certainty. Which is the you know well in that situation he's got to identify it one hundred percent not it's not even like I'm not the group's ninety five percent certain that the ball's crossed the line here so I'm going to take a drop from the penalty area here you have to be able to identify your ball there is no way uh, with in regards to the rule reasonable judgment it just has to have at least ninety five percent okay so I'll take that back. I'll take that back. You have to have 95% no, no, certainty. Well, not quite. You, you were kind of right. So you can't just say, you can't say you have at least 95% virtual certainty it's up the tree because when you're taking an unplayable, you have to have at least 95% virtual certainty that you know the spot. Yep. Um, so it's not it's not good enough that you just know it's up the tree. It's You have to know the actual spot. So, um, yeah, it, he's saying that that was definitely his ball, but... It obviously wasn't. Um, you know, if that camera footage had never come out, we would have never known. But it's it's just he's just so slimy. Um, you know, in all my dealings with him, he's just such a slimy character. He knows what to say. Uh, I'm dead certain about that. He knows exactly what to say when the referee turns up. He already has rehearsed and acted out what he's going to say. 
to get the referee on his side and agree with him. And he, you know, he knows the questions that you're going to ask him, and he knows what answer he's already prepared as is the lawyer statement. Basically, it's he's so slimy. Well, um, it, it, you know, it comes from yeah, you know, like all experts in their field, it comes with dedication to the craft and practice, and he's been practicing that for a long time. Yeah, he's definitely been practicing how to. Um, push the boundaries of the rules, which would be against um, how Bobby Jones would play it. Like he's, he would never, never in a million years call a penalty on himself for a ball that moved that no one else saw. That 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 is the kind of character he is. Now going back to the TV uh, footage, I was watching it and I watched it and I thought. There's no that I, that ball didn't go in that tree. Like I'm sitting there going, they've replayed it a couple of times, and then I replayed it myself. And that, it's I thought it was pretty clear to me that the ball didn't go in the tree that he was saying that it was. Maybe I'm. I think the 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 person who was on the ground, the rules official from, and I think this was maybe someone out of the Euro Tour said this post was that the rules official and the player had been told by a few of the spotters that that was the tree it was in. The one that the one that they were yeah. getting it out of, yeah. but it was clearly that it wasn't because we've seen the video and there's no way it was in that tree. They just made a mistake. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, so it was definitely up a tree. This wasn't up that tree. Now, no, there was a bit of a there was a bit of a ruling um, that Lydia Co had. Uh, oh, I'm going to say six years ago, where she headed up the tree from from 20 meters away. She was trying to hit it over this tree for a 50 yard shot. Um, and it got stuck up the tree. Now, they couldn't actually um, see the identification mark that Lydia puts on her ball, but it was the only ball up the tree, and from the seven spectators that were around, the caddy and the player, you know, they they guaranteed cause the, that that was the ball. There was no other balls up the tree. Mm-hmm. And they all saw the ball go up the tree, and and they just couldn't see an identification mark. But that was the only ball up the tree. It wasn't a real; it was a sparse tree. Whereas this tree had, you know, a new pack of Pro Vs up there. I heard that. Yeah, there's uh, like six or, or eight golf balls there. <laughs> or, you could, yeah, you could see it, and then that was the wrong tree as well. So it's, uh, you know, the other trees would have had just as many. Um, Pinnacles and top flights and tailor-made, you know, X5s, same uh, kind of ball. Callaways. Um, so, Blakey, for me, the bloke who doesn't know as much about the rules as you, quite that's clear to everyone, the difference is, so he ended up taking a penalty unplayable there, so that's one shot and he gets to play from below the ball, and the other option that he should have taken was back to the tee and hitting three. So he's hitting three from much closer. Is that basically the benefit? Yes. I mean, if they'd looked up the correct tree and found the ball, um, which might have been quite hard to do, um, but if they'd looked up the correct tree and found the ball, then he would have been able to go about 10 metres back. Mm -hmm. But, again, you have to have at least 95% virtual certainty or reasonable judgment that that is your ball. And if you don't have that, 
if you just 100% know it's up the tree, but you can't find the exact spot, then you have to go stroking distance back to the tee. Yeah. Could I just could I just interrupt there? And Mike, this is why Blakey is the most straight up and down rules official in the world. And I'm not saying the rules officials aren't straight up and down. I thought that chap last week could have handled it with a bit, a bit more forthrightness. But Blakey didn't even want to acknowledge the fact that where he took the drop was the proper drop then. He didn't. He said if he found the ball in the correct tree and then he dropped it underneath, he didn't even want to say that he the, that his option was to drop it under the tree where he dropped it because that was the wrong spot. That's how straight. When when Blake and I go and play social golf, he, he even not even for score, you, you have to play by the rules. You can't, you can't you can't just do anything like he makes you play by the rules even when you're just playing social golf. That's how that's how much he values the uh, integrity of the rules and how much he wants to abide by the uh, the craft that he and the trade that he plies. So he couldn't even talk about Patrick Reed's ball being dropped in the right spot because it wasn't dropped in the right spot. Good on you, Blakey. I hope I hope you get a rules scenario with Patrick Reed this week, and you get to get to get on TV and golf be, and golf yeah, rules, and golf and golf rules questions. Fandom goes stratospheric. It's already substratospheric. It goes stratospheric because you have the balls to tell Patrick Reed that no, you're not getting a free drop. You're going back to the team, Mister Reed, and you're playing three. Um, yeah, it's 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 a tough one, as I said, because he'll already know the all the answers, and you know they know they they play the hole, they hit the shot, whatever they know what's happened to the ball, or have a good short, uh, good understanding of it, and then you get called in, and you're you're going off just the facts of what um, you know what everyone's telling you. You know, it would be good. I tell you what, it'd be good is if. Brooks Kepka and Patrick Reed were playing because he wouldn't let him get away with it. Mm. He would say, "No, that's that's rubbish." Yeah, and uh, and then you'd you'd almost side with Brooks because that's just the way it is. Uh, who was Patrick playing with uh, then at that time? Mike, do you remember? Uh, I have I haven't, I haven't seen all the, uh, the draw. The draw doesn't come out till. Um, no, no, sorry. Matt, who, 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 who I was wondering who he was playing with on um, Monday when that happened. Matt, Matt Wallace and Julian Brune. I guess, you know. And Rory was back on the tee behind him if he did have to go back there, which would be funny. I guess there's probably only a couple. I don't know. I, like, I don't know. I, I don't know these guys at all. I, I clearly not. But, yeah, I think you're right, Blakey. You know, like a, a personality like Brooks Kepka would stand up to that and say, man, it's not cool. You know, would Matt, Matt Wallace is big and strong and tough as he is and um, is he prepared to do the same? Who knows? You know, he just probably just gets on with his business, which he's absolutely entitled to do. But, um, yeah, interesting interesting points. Uh, it, would have, it would have been good if Joel Dame was there or uh, Victor Hovland. That would have been nice. Or the mechanic, the mechanic a few years ago when he bailed up Keegan for his drop. Remember, remember that when he was going to get a free drop? <laughs> him and Ez, him and Ez, and he nearly went to blows over it. Keegan, yeah, but Eminem's wrong, wrong, man. Because uh, <laughs> our, our own Australian Australasian PGA Tour, Russell Swanston, was right in the middle of that with his uh, shirt that was three times too big. <laughs> uh, how's your shirt looking there? They give you a nice uniform. Do you get a nice bit of kit? Give us a look at it. What it was, you know, it was, uh, actually, this is uh, this is my old kit. Oh, okay. um, I picked it up. Um, you can sort of see over there. It's a little bit hard to. Yeah, you've got the blue. There's a bit there. of a merchandise apparel distribution. So I've got three shirts. So I'll 
I'll send you a photo and you can put them up on the Discord or whatever you want to do with it. Mate. Mate, maybe maybe there's a bit of a gap there at the back of your uh, podcast studio that you could That's put it. a photo of me with my mate. If if you with, if, my, with my apparel, but, um, if you get on TV for yeah. making a big rules call, I will get that framed and that will sit right up there. Signed, there's a signed there, version. There, there is spots there, and you will be my. He- Did you ever know that you're my rules official hero? Um, Okay, who won? Rory won. Uh, good to see Rory not bail one into the water on the last day and just realise that, yeah. yeah, let's just play this as a three-shotter. Good on you, Rory. Uh, he is the number one he, golfer. He was very close, wasn't he? Yeah. He was. He, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's right he on the line. He had to play it off the line. Eh? Yeah, which meant that the ball was in the penalty area. Mm. I, I, but, uh, I, and when he waited, I thought he was going to have a dip. I honestly thought he was going for the green. And I, His interview post, he said he could have probably got there, but didn't really think it was the, the right decision. I, the way when he waited and waited and waited for the green to clear, I thought surely not. They did the smart thing. Um, he um, he did a bit, bit of a dodgy drop on the um, round. I think it was round two as well. All right, yeah, talk us through that. that. Talk us through it. I can't remember. Mike might remember what hole it was. Um, it was a par five, and he hit it over these two signs um, into the water, and then. So the two club links from that point of entry would have still had him dropping in the rough, but his reasonable judgment um, was that he hit it about 20 metres further up and further to the left uh, where it then was going this way and then suddenly hook-turned like a Melbourne tram um, right at the last second. So he actually ended up dropping on the the, uh, fairway, which looked pretty dodgy. Uh, well, you know, Melbourne tram doesn't hook turn, but a dodgy Uber driver trying to avoid a Melbourne tram does a dodgy hook turn that goes something like that more more appropriately. Um, but this tap, that sort of thing happens all around golf. If you look at the, this month's uh, Golf Digest, Australian Golf Digest magazine, there's uh, an article in there about things, you know, bad things, you know, bad etiquette and, and bad behaviour and all the bad stuff that um, people can get up to in, in golf. And, you know, I think there's a part of an article in there that talks about how that behaviour is rife on tour, you know, people not taking the appropriate drops and giving themselves leeway on um, on drops to, pref- you know, get a better angle on a, in a hazard just by advancing at 5, 10, 15 metres. It, it happens all the time. And people, some people in clubland just don't understand, you know, they think, they think because it sort of bend around there and came back out, you know, anyway. When a ball – here's a good one. So the ball crosses the hazard, the penalty area, sorry. Ball, cro- ball crosses the pen- penalty area, exits the penalty area, and then slices back into the penalty area. Where's where's the drop zone? Where it last went in. So it's the last – Last point, yeah. It's the last point crossed. So second – time it entered into the penalty area that it counts. And that's that's the part that causes a lot of confusion. You know, a lot of people wanting to say that oh, it went out and then came back in and it's always marginal whether it did come back out. And a lot of people don't understand that. I think it's crossed. If it crosses at the front of the dam here, that's where you've got to drop. But then, no, no, it went out and then came back in. I've had that scenario and had to explain that. So it's always a bit of a tetchy one. Um, anyway, Rory won. Um, and uh, Herbie, so you were talking about Herbie last week, uh, Mike, off air, saying, you know, you sort of questioned that he'd left his start of the season uh, a bit late, you know, you thought, you know, you thought you might have seen him earlier. Mm. Um, certainly didn't appear to do him any harm. 
No, well, coming into the final round, he was probably the only person I thought might be able to chase McElroy down, and, and he gave it a good shake with a 66 in the final round. He clearly likes playing there. Um, he's obviously won there before. I, yeah, I, I was surprised. I mean, I know that he's playing this week in Saudi. Um, but, yeah, when I see a course like last week at Torrey, which I think probably suits him very well, being a, a big hitter um, and doesn't hate that sort of that sort of grass and greens, um, I actually thought he might have played somewhere like that or even somewhere else on the on the West Coast before because I feel like he wants to play more on the on the PJ Tour. So, yeah, I was surprised. He's obviously didn't play anywhere between the Aussie Open and last week, but, yeah, there was certainly no rust. Oh, sorry, he did play a couple of Pro-Ams in Bendigo, I think. But, um, no, he played very, very well. It was good to see. Yeah, so uh, good luck to you, Herbie. Um, he, her, Jamie has... Uh, relaunched his videos where you can get his uh, mental mastery content and in the Facebook group, the private Facebook group, which you can join. Anyone can join that. If you want to improve your mental game, join that group. But he's just started this um, chat. I don't understand Facebook so well, but... Um, I was going to say, if you, <laughs> I'm in the chat and there's not a bit, there's a whole lot of questions being thrown at Herbie about holes in one. <laughs> yeah. So Herbie, Herbie joined in and kept everyone entertained for about an hour and a half today while he was just um, kicking around and, and people would, you know, Asking her all sorts. Um, yeah, so very good. Um, so if you want to join the Mental Mastery uh, chat, you've got to join the private Facebook group where you'll get access. Well, you won't get access to Jamie's content, but you, know, you can get that through Vimeo and rent it for 30 bucks, and you'll get some videos. And it's, it's really helpful stuff. Um, my improving golf is testament to that. Okay, uh, let's keep talking. Uh, the reason why we've got Blakey here is because he's up in uh, Saudi and he's there for um, the Asian Tour event. Kicks off this week. It's a star-studded field who wants to lead off you know mike you want to give us a bit of a rundown of what's happening up there at um what's the course what's the course it is the uh royal greens yeah um yes yeah, out invitational international not invitational um it's one that yeah we talked about probably in the last few weeks because there was a handful of pga tour players herbie being one cam young being another that had requested to go and play uh in the tournament uh being part of the well, it's officially Asian tour, is that right, Blakey? I think. Um, but but obviously, um, yeah, yeah, used to be on the European announced Asian yep. tour. That's right. It was that coasting, or not the coasting? It was the one that a lot of the Euro guys are playing, or the Euro Euro event. Um, but it's got a pretty big field. Obviously, all of the live players are playing. They um, this would be a good option for them to be looking to get some uh, official world golf ranking points. Um, so everyone's turned up, and it's a it's a very strong field. So you got Dustin Johnson, Cam Smith, uh, Joaquin Neiman, Cam Young, Brooks Kepka, Patrick Reed, Herbie's there, Paul Casey's there, my boy Harold Varner, last year's winner with that six hundred meter putt on the final hole uh, is is there. Matthew Wolf Garcia, Bryson Rockets mate Bryson, uh, Usti Mito, who is rumored to still be heading over to live soon enough. Uh, Taylor Gooch, Ansar, Lahiri. It's, it is a very heavy, heavy live field, I believe. Are they all, is everyone playing from live, Blakey? Is it? Uh, yeah, uh, most, I think everyone's playing, uh, yep. or they, they're required to play. So they have to have a good excuse not to play. Um, yep. but that's part of the contract that they have to play. Yep. Strong field, a couple of Aussies. So Louis Dobbler's there. I think, I think we might've mentioned that last week. 
Um, Andrew Dot and Zach Murray. So Zach Muzz is uh, playing up there. Wade Ormsby, Cam Smith, of course, uh, Matt Jones. Um, Kevin Wan. Uh, yes, Kevin. Yeah, who else is up there? Jack Thompson. Jack Thompson is there. Yes, he got. They got in. He got in from his tour card when he got it. Was it last week? He got his tour card, Asian tour card. I think two weeks ago. Last week or two weeks. Yeah, ago. he uh, won the won the t- uh, the tour championship or whatever it is. Yeah, uh, the uh, what do you call it? Tour school. school. Yeah. Uh, Matty Jones is there. Wade Ormsby, as we said. Jed Morgan's still there. Travis Mice still playing. Um, Todd Sinnott. Is there Scott Hand? Todd Sinnott, didn't Andy Todd Sinnott, Sinnott play? He's he's the one who played the TPS big event last week, I think. Um, Zach Murray, Andy yeah, Doak. yeah, he missed the cut, so he's probably just uh, just doing a bit of practice, a few That's practice it. rounds, and then and then left on the Saturday night or Sunday morning for yeah, uh, Saudi. So they, yeah, very strong that. feel. It's not a, it's it's not uncommon for them to deliberately miss the cut. Um, get a couple of rounds and deliberately miss the cut, and uh, you know, get to where they really want to get to. What do you mean that the prize fund this week's five million US and first prize last week was forty five thousand? Blake, you telling me he wasn't switched on for the chance of getting forty five k? Uh yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, you know, they. When I say deliberately, it's not like they go out and fall apart. No, but no. they're more likely to just try a few things. That's it. Maybe go for every grand and get, get their driver in, in order, that type of thing. The mind's they, elsewhere. Their strategy, yeah, their strategy sort of goes away and, and they're just getting a couple of – getting a bit of rust away from their game. It is amazing, you know, like to think about you know, Todd Sinnott playing in that event, you know, like Zach Muzz teed off on uh, at Peninsula Kingswood last week in the Pro-Am in the group in front of us, you know, just sat in there chat, chatting to Blake Collier. Blake's like, oh yeah, when you leave here, you're going up to Saudi, yeah, yeah, and and Louis Doblar was playing at uh, the um, the Jeff Ogilvie was in the Sandbelt Invitational, um, and then you know you see him up here playing for five million bucks. It's it's a great opportunity for for these guys that um, you know hopefully uh, gets them on the pathway to even further success. Um, talking about pathways, uh, nothing to do with pathways actually. Um, did I tell you that why I have found an even deeper um, respect and love for Louis Dobler. I know, you know, Mike, you discovered Louis Dobler on this podcast back in seven or eight years ago up at uh, Brookwater when you saw Louis's name as a 13-year-old taking out the uh, club championships eight and five or something like that. Um, so you were the first one to spot him. But do, I, do you know why Why I love Louis even a little bit more now? Why? He's half Scottish. Of course he is. His mum's Scottish. His mu- I, I posted some uh, a little... Um, a uh, frame-by-frame picture of Louis Swing that I captured down at the Saudi, um, Saudi, at the, <laughs> the Saudi Invitational at Peninsula Kingswood. They're probably big enough to have that too, um, the Sandbelt Invitational. And uh, his mum sent me a message saying, oh, you know, really appreciate you sharing those pictures. They look really great. And um, and and a conversation ensued, and, and she's from just from the outside of Edinburgh. So, um, uh, yeah, there we go. Louis went up in even further in my standings. Good luck this weekend, Louis. Good luck. Um Blakey, what what are your thoughts on who's going to win? Uh, that's a good one. I don't know who's really in form. Um, I'm not really a betting man like Mike is. So if I was to say anyone, say uh, 
Dustin Johnson. Okay, you're a good, you're a good, you're a good betting man then if he's your pick because I think he'll be one of the favourites and he's certainly shown a liking. I think he might have won this event twice. Um, not sure if it's been at the same course, but he certainly is quite partial to playing over there. And uh, yeah, he's clearly one of the best players in this event. Him and Cam Smith clearly the best too. So yeah, that would not be a bad bet, Blakey. I don't think. Uh, so is that the the official tips for the likely winners, Mike? Is there any outsiders that you would suggest that people might want to have a look at, or is it a bit, um, too, a bit too hard with this event? It's not. It's one of those ones where I don't really have any data that I'm running, so it's it's more just going to be looking at it and having a having a really. If I'm going to have a bet, it won't be a big bet. But Dustin Johnson's a favourite. He's paying eight dollars. If I'm not going to bet on him. Cam Young is 15 and he's elite. He is someone that I'll be – Cam Young and – I've said it before, Cam Young and Tony Finau will be two guys I'll be watching through the majors this year. And then why not Herbie? I mean, they'd be the three that you'd look at. After that, yeah, I don't know. Don't know. I think a lot of the guys there are big names, but they're probably not playing good golf. Mm. Um, Brooks has been missing. Patrick Reed's there again. He, he's obviously playing good golf, but – Casey Varner, I love Harold Varner, I love to see him, but I'm not sure that he's 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 there at the moment. Bryson hasn't played a good game in a long time. Um, yeah, not sure, but yeah, I'd probably, I think Blakey's pick at Dustin's a good pick, and then I might probably just pick the other three. Be, um, yeah, Cam Young, uh, Reed, and Actually, Peter Uline's playing, and he came second uh, at Live. Brooks won that one. So, yep. you know, there's yeah, there's two. But it's the hardest thing, and you're probably struggling with this, is just their form because we haven't seen them play for a while. Exactly. It's a, it, it, people talk about betting on golf. I talk about betting on golf and people don't understand it. It's, like, it's the same as betting on horses. If you can see their form and see how they like wherever they are and if the course fits, then that's a good bet. And like you said, Blakey, some of these guys, they – they just haven't been playing, so you just got no idea whether they're feeling good, feeling bad. Drivers working, who would have a clue? No one, no one have any idea. It's a bit of a lottery. All right. Well, uh, are you? Are we going to have a pick? Uh, are we going to have a pick, or are we just going to going to just? Pick. Oh, I don't know. Um, I think you're up for the betting this week in our syndicate. Oh, oh how how are we going? How do we go with that? Do we, are we ahead? No. Oh. <laughs> Who's who was it? Who lost? Marketing doc. Marketing oh, Doc's no, best bet last week was Sung Jae no wonder Top five. No wonder he's gone quiet. Doc lift. So I, do I have to place actually place a bet this week? If I'll tell you how to do it, but yeah, yeah you just you need to you need to bet twenty dollars this week on the golf. You can bet it anywhere you like. You can bet it on the Saudi. You can bet it on um, anywhere you like. Mark, there's no need to let everyone know that I'm an absolute beginner in when it comes to betting, and I don't know how to use the betting app, and I don't know how no. to play. Yeah, there's no need to let to set everyone up with know your that. first account. We're not going to mention that the betting agency until they start paying us when there's no free ads. But um, yeah, we, okay. we'll we'll we'll, do, we'll sort you out this week. When do I have to do that by? Uh, before the event starts. So whichever one you're going to bet on. So if it's TPS Vic, it'll be Wednesday night. Or if it's the um, US event is probably Thursday, Arvo. Can we bet on Pro-Am performances uh, by the My Love of Golf team uh, in uh, the uh, you could be, Vic Open? Uh, 
you can bet on the Vic Open, but I don't think you can bet on the Vic Open Pro-Am and you certainly can't bet on the AM portion. It'd be very, very short odds for Flanagan to win a long drive again based <laughs> on Flanagan the form. form. Like if you, I'll, if you I'll, map put the form, up, I'll, I'll put up odds. If you map the form guide out, you know, that would see tick, tick, <laughs> tick, one, one, one. Well, people go, I'm back, unbackable. Um, <laughs> especially with the paradigm. Maybe I'll have a paradigm by then. Uh, who knows? Uh, okay. Um, well, I'll, I'll let it go for now. I'll, I'll, I'll declare that later in the uh, group. Um, what else? Uh, while we've got you, Blakey, the live TV deal, the live schedule, that's all been announced. Why why won't you go to some of the other events? Is that just not part of your rota? They've got enough referees that are in different locations? or Yeah, it's a lot easier to send someone from the States to the States, um, whereas, you know, a couple of the older guys don't want to travel all the way to um, – to Spain or, or whatnot, um, it can get tiring for them. So, yeah, yeah, instead of spending, you know, 10K on business flights for me to go to the States and back, you know, they, they can flick someone up, up to, um, you know, the, what is it called, the Greensboro or the Greens, whatever, for, um, you know, for 500 bucks. Do you think if you got into a rules fracker with Patrick Reid, that would ultimately lift your profile as a rules aficionado, but being that he's on live, do you think that would be positive for you in the live world or would it go against you? But being that the, uh, the promotion. Well, that's that the other thing. Like if you, if, I don't want to draw you make a bit of a deck of yourself and then you get cut from the whole thing. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm trying, I'm not trying to draw you into saying anything silly because I know, you know, you take it very seriously, of course. Um, all, all, all I can, as long as I act, you know, with without bias and with integrity, and just ask all the questions and find out all the all the facts that I can, um, I can't really, I can't really do more than that, you know. Yeah. I, I, in the back of my mind, I'll be like, you know, is this your ball? And he says yes, and I'll be like, you're lying. But how can I prove? You know, if I try and go out of my way to disprove him. It makes me look like a bit of a dick. So, okay. Well, yeah. We just have to hope that we just have to hope that he hangs himself. Okay. Um, I'll leave you on that. Um, TV deal, Mike. CW network. I don't know much about the CW network. In uh, but yeah, a lot of people talked about it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The the uh, for us, I don't know what it means yet. Um, I think I mentioned that I either on Twitter or something. I. Message Luke Alvey and ask the question because effectively what we're hearing is CW Network will pick up all the rights to the distribution of the, the footage, so they, they pick up everything. Um, but obviously, that's not a channel here in Australia, and then it won't be shown on the Live website or YouTube anymore. So I don't know how it's going to be shown outside of the states at the moment. And he didn't know either. He said, Look, obviously, Live sees it as very important that we can show the events globally so there will be something but i don't think it's organized yet so not sure okay well that'd be a shame if we don't get to see it um somewhat easily you know, watching tournament golf isn't easy unless you've got some form of subscription based provider at the moment so um you know let's hope that that gets sorted out uh okay what else uh we've got a couple of um, speaking of patrick reed um a couple of young Australian-based golfers uh, going to the AN Augusta National um, Women's Golf event, uh, 
Amateur. Sorry, what is it? ANWA. What's it called? Am- Astra- I'm, 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 I've made an absolute meal. I'll start again. <laughs> what is it called, Mike? The ANWA? Yeah, Augusta National Women's Amateur, I think. There you go. Sorry. ANWA. It wasn't that hard. Uh, so we've got Justice Bozio, who is a absolute star in uh, the women's amateur game in Australia. And we've also got Australian-based Janeth Wong. Now, Janeth is a young... Now, I'm going to call her an Aussie. I'm pretty sure she might have two passports. But when you look at all her um, official stuff, like the Wagga, the World Amateur Golf Rankings, she would um, appear to represent Malaysia um, because she's obviously uh, a a Malaysian-Australian. And Janeth Wong, who I had the pleasure of playing golf with a month ago, is also going to the Augusta National Women's Amateur. What an amazing opportunity for those two young women to go and play invited uh, against some of the best amateur women golfers in the world at that place. Unbelievable. Hmm. Yeah, and they're big supporters of uh, Ewan Porter's uh, Junior Six Series. Yep. So that he, he was very proud. That was good to see. So, um, yeah, no, big be, um, be great to be able to watch them too. Uh, I said Patrick Reed because, you know, obviously he's a Masters champion. I don't think there's a lot of Patrick Reed paraphernalia around the Masters. Um, locker rooms and clubhouses. I'm pretty confident of that. Um, yeah, so anyway, there you go. Okay, well, good luck to Justice and Janeth. Ian, they, when do they go? It's, it's March, right? It's April. It's, it's yeah, a week, so week, it's a week before. Week before. Masters, yeah. Yeah. When, when is the Masters this year? When is Easter? First week of April, I think it is this year. First week of April. Okay, cool. Um, what's next? Uh, Scott Morikawa to join TGL. Well, yeah, so that, Tiger that, and Rory's that, done. Tiger and Rory's Monday night to be seen yet. Um, Monday night football slash golf. Um, and today, um, Matt Fitzpatrick joined up as well. So they're gathering steam, picking up more and more players. So interesting to see what it looks like they'll be when playing, it comes out. They'll be playing those golf, uh, the Tiger Golf League on um, full swing golf simulators. Of course, you can see those at uh, big swing golf venues all around Australia. Uh, and you can see them. I know them pretty well. Mike, when is the uh, full swing Netflix coming out? Is that what? Do you have a I'd date on that? Two, two weeks. Well, they said it was the week after the Super Bowl, so it must be two weeks away. Do you have a date on that? Can you work that out sort of quickly while I talk about full swing golf simulators? I can guess it. Yeah, because maybe that's when we should have the uh, the Melbourne based uh, mile of golf crew down to big swing golf for a. Uh, we could set up the probably can't commercially broadcast it so we'd have a private viewing um of the um that netflix event and we could play some golf that'd be an idea wouldn't it you yeah and everyone could see uh the simulators that uh, the tgl um league is going to be played on next year might be might be something for us to think about. We'll have to act quickly on that. If you're interested in coming down to uh, a venue in Melbourne, playing some simulator golf, and maybe watching the Netflix documentary, maybe not live, just depending on when it comes out. But um, when, okay. Wednesday fifteenth of Feb. Wednesday fifteenth of Feb. Uh, so yeah. we'll, we'll we'll if that's the US time, we'll get it. Um, yeah, sixteenth. We'll get it on the sixteenth in the morning, right? Yeah. So we could do it on a Thursday night, the sixteenth. Uh, maybe. Yeah, we could watch it the second time if anyone wants to. If anyone's already watched it, anyway, we'll th- we'll talk about that. Uh, anything else, Mike? Anything else, Blakey? Blakey, you look abs- you look absolutely polaxed. Look, 
uh, yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just going to have some lunch and yeah, then I might go out for another look around the course. Um, hopefully, it's cooled down a little bit. Um, I haven't seen the wind yet. No, it's the wind slowed down, but um, I think it'll be a nice evening here in uh, in Cake King Abadala Economic City. Um, we're staying in King Abadala University of Science and Technology, which is about half an hour south of here. Um, so uh, they have a couple of nice restaurants in the university town there. So probably well, it's a lazy out. thirty-one, Blakey. It's thirty-one, and it's twenty-one kilometres coming out of the south west. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was twenty-five, so it was pretty close to that. But I was—I didn't realise it got to thirty okay, degrees. It's up, it's, it's up to thirty now. Just got up there. Yeah. We're in uh, October 36 and that was so hot. There was not much wind. So um, this is this is the cold time of the year when it gets to <laughs> high 20s. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, tomorrow's only high of 27. Same for round one, round two, 29 yeah. and... Uh, 28, 29. Yeah, you're not going to get too much hotter. Today's the hottest day by the looks of it. Well, Blakey, good luck. You know, it's interesting. You touched on it. Um, the whole the whole um, washout from the Dubai. I, mm. that, I don't know how they didn't didn't play two, two rounds um, on the Saturday or two rounds on the Sunday and get it finished on Sunday. Yeah. I'm Figure really... Out. I think that was uh, done purposely, um, knowing knowing that the Saudi International was the week after, or just twenty seven and twenty seven, split it up. Just do, do you know? There's, yeah. there's, there's, there's I, ways to make it work. So yeah, I, I was uh, very surprised by that. But then again, now, you know the way that it was done, I'm not surprised at all if that makes sense. It was big money. That that was the only thing going. I mean, the only question when the question was asked about doing it, I know that I think the the prize pool was eight million, so I think they were obviously didn't want to cut it to to a shortened event. But yeah, I'm surprised that on the what ended up being the Sunday, um, because they didn't get to play Thursday. I'm surprised they didn't play more holes than eighteen holes. At least try and get as many done as possible. Uh, now, Mike, we'll pro- uh, I'm very surprised as well. Mike, we we didn't talk about the uh, TPS Vic or the TPS Murray River. TPS Murray River has been played this week. TPS Vic uh, last weekend, and yep. we also decided that because we're recording this technically still in January, uh, people still may have the opportunity between now and the end of us recording to join Teepster. Uh, so, you know, being that this is a rules oriented podcast uh, with Blakey joining us, we thought that it was only fair that we call the winner of the uh, bag. Uh, we draw the winner of the bag next week, so that would give everyone a chance to get in between now and midnight. If you're still doing teep stuff, you by the time you hear this, it's obviously past that, but someone might draw between now and when we've finished this. So we will uh, announce the winner. We might do that from um, down there at uh, 13th Beach or something like that. Uh, but yeah, don't forget that uh, if you are in the Teepster fam between now and the end of January, uh, you will be in the draw to win the uh, the stand bag that's just over there to my right. Um, I'm sure people are waiting. Can't wait to. Uh, you might have you might have a chance of winning that, Blakey. 
you uh, well, I'd, I'd love to have a chance of winning that bag. But uh, if you get in and join the Teepster, it, I'll give you a hot tip. It'll only take you one week to beat me. Who are you going to pick this? You got to figure out who you're going to pick this week and put your pick in. Uh, are you allowed to say who you're picking? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've just, I've just picked it. Uh, Grayson Sig. Okay. Because uh, he had a cool name. Okay. Well, I'm all for an omen bet. Uh, I think. Mike, the doctor, and uh, Rocket are going to be fed up with my own bets when I quickly dwindle through our very small uh, betting purse the, for our weekly bet that we thought might get us through to the halfway point in the season. But if they let me loose at it with my own bets, it might not rasp very quickly. Um, but I, I, I can't do any worse than Doc did last week. So uh, we'll, no. see if we, we'll see if we can get off to a better start. All right. Um, good. Mike, thank you. Anything else from Thanks. you? No, 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 nothing. Oh, probably one. The only other thing was, yeah, I know we just mentioned the Vic event. Amina Yoon, exceptional weekend from her to win the, the Vic, TPS Vic. That was really, really good to watch. Great, great young golfer. Did you go down there or did you just watch it on TV? No, I actually was at home. I watched pretty much both the both the last two rounds um, in full and she just had a real knack of about getting to the eighth hole and then just ripping the place apart. And uh, yeah, she did the same on the final day, and just overhauled everybody. It was was really, really good to see. Really, really good, talented golfer. Steamrolled the local favourite, uh, young Jimmy Marcasani. And uh, what did she shoot in the last day? Eight under or something like that. Uh, Sixty four. Yep. It's, wow, that is sensational. Hold out, hold out for eagle when it looked like she might not be able to get up and down for a birdie. It was uh, yeah, it was great to watch. Like. Uh, it's not an it's not an easy easy golf course. Um, it's a great golf course. It, it was a fantastic um, round of golf. So Mina Yoon, uh, well done, well done to you. Will, will she be playing the other events? Do you know that? I'm, I'm going, I only can only assume that yeah. she is. Yeah. No, she's playing a game this week at the Jared Lyle event up on the Murray, um, and I'm assuming she'll play some more. She's been playing on the is it the Cannon Tour? Over, she's been playing on the secondary tour to the LPGA. Epson tour. Uh, Epson tour. Close technical. I knew it was some, some sort of printer. <laughs> Photocopy tour. Um, <laughs> so she's been playing over there for a couple of years. I hadn't had anything close to this sort of win. So, yeah, it was, it was really, really good for her. And she did it like a pro. Like she was just, she was unflappable. It was really, really good to see. Uh, you can take a lot out of how the women play their games, uh, how you watch them get about the course, and more importantly, when they make a mistake, you know, how they react to those mistakes. You can... Do yourself um, a lot of favours by just modelling some of your behaviours on a golf course if you want to play better and get the ball in the hole a bit quicker uh, by watching how the how the women uh, do it. And um, fairways and greens, rolling in a few putts and limiting the mistakes and just reacting or not reacting to the mistakes when they come. Um, it's a pretty simple formula. So well done. Looking forward to more from Min Ayun. Okay, guys, thanks very much for joining us. Um, Blakey, good luck this weekend. Do the best for uh, Golf Rules questions and all your fans and followers. There are many thousands of them, but I'm sure that they are waiting to hear from you as well up there, the number one rules guy in their, their eyes. Thank you very much, both, for having me on the podcast. Anytime. You don't need an invite. You can just um, self-elect when you want to join in. You can just say, I'm in, and uh, our lead rules officials will be in because you are part of the team. Blakey, thanks very much. Mike, thanks very much. We'll see you. Mike, I'll see you Next week. I'll see you next week. Yep. Pro-Am. Wednesday. Pro-Am. 
Yep. Now, we're going to have a team pro-am meeting. You know, we've got Paul, yourself, Team Bushnell. We've, we're representing Team Bushnell at the at the uh, 13th Beach Vic Open Pro-Am. Um, do we need a team meeting or you just turn up and just make it happen, sign a few autographs, you know, throw a few balls <laughs> into the crowd and, you know, take the chocolates and go home, eat the lunch? That's it. Eat the lunch and yeah, see there'll later. be no, no concerns. It'll just yeah. be, take it high, let it fly. Blakey, do you think Golf Australia will come through with a, a gift pack? Do you think we might get the, the sleeve of uh, balls and a, a free um, drink bottle this year? Uh, I highly doubt it. Okay. Um, very good. We'll see you next week on the Mile Up of Golf podcast. Thanks for joining us. Yeah.